the thief comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have and enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseyao Afuakwa. Pastor Afuakwa is the founder and general overseer of the Faith House Charismatic Chapel International, a thriving ministry headquartered in Kumasi with a network of churches in Kumasi and Accra, Ghana. God has commissioned him to preach and teach the word of faith for people to know God better, live life better, and impact their world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. Great to have you join us this morning for service. It's always a joy and a privilege to come your way and to fellowship with you in the word of God. I trust that your week has been good and that you are winning you are walking in victory and you are dominating on every side. This has been an awesome month. God has been gracious to us. He's blessed us in many ways. And we want to continue to give him praise. This happens to be our Thanksgiving service. Every last Sunday of a month, we come to God with thanksgiving, appreciation, and gratitude for all his benefits towards us. And so I want you to spend a few minutes, few minutes to bless God, open your mouth and say, Father, I thank you for my life. I thank you for my family. I thank you for your preservation for my life all through the month. Thank you that all through this month, my going in and my coming in has been blessed. You've watched over me. You preserved me. You protected me. Go ahead and begin to thank God. Begin to thank God. Give him praise. Father, we thank you. We bless you. We give you praise, honor, and majesty. Thank you for all you've done for us in this month and you continue to do in the name of Jesus. We give you praise. Now commit your heart to God and ask him to speak to you that in this service, God's word will minister to you. Your life will never be the same again. Open your mouth and in a minute speak to God. We ask the Lord, you minister unto us. Let your word come like rain. Let it come like dew. Let it come like fire. Thank you for transformation by the power of your word. We give you praise, glory, honor, and majesty. In Jesus' matchless name. Amen. Father, we thank you. Breathe upon your word. Bring us illumination, understanding, and revelation like never before. Let no man or woman tune into this broadcast at this time or thereafter ever remain the same. Be glorified as your word goes to edify your people in Jesus' much less name. Amen. This is Faith House and we are ministering to the church virtual and the church actual. God richly bless you. Whichever category you belong, this is your time to be blessed. We want to get into the word of God straight away. And for the past month, I've been teaching on growing in grace. That has been our broad teaching series, Growing in Grace. And we've been seeking to answer the question, where we belong as far as our spiritual development and growth is concerned. And presently, the question is, are you a baby? Are you a baby? That's the question we are seeking to answer. We said that there are different categories of people in the world. We have those who are natural, those who are not born again, they are natural men. And then those who are born again, they are expected to become spiritual men. So we have a natural man, and then we have the baby Christian. Then we said also we have the carnal Christian, and then we have the spiritual Christian. Four categories of people who, that we find in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14, and then 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 3, or the verse 1 to 3. 
These categories of people are there. We have already answered the question on the natural man. We are presently addressing the baby Christian. And that's why we are asking, are you a baby? Because when you know where you are, you know what is expected of you, and then you can grow accordingly. First Peter 2, 2, he said, As newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the word, that you may grow thereby. So, as spiritual babies, we are expected to grow. I told you already that the natural man is not saved. The baby Christian is expected to grow. You have accepted Christ. The natural expectation of a baby is to grow. The carnal man, on the other hand, is a baby Christian who has refused to grow. He has chosen to remain a baby for life. And usually we see all kinds of behaviors associated with such people. Such people are in Christ, but they don't live like they are in Christ. Those are carnal Christians. The spiritual man is God's ultimate man. He wants you to be a spiritual man because, you know, God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So God wants you to be a spiritual man. But in growing to become a spiritual man, you go through the phase of being a baby. And we need to know who is a spiritual baby because all of us have passed through the stage of spiritual babyhood. And then, as you also grow, you will come to nurture other people who are babies into maturity. So you need to know the signs and the symptoms and the characteristics baby Christians manifest. So that anytime you are interacting with them, you will know how to conduct yourself. And then you know how to win them off milk and grow them into the fullness of the stature of Christ. So we've been exploring 16 characteristics of spiritual babies. 16 biblical characteristics. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs chapter 20 verse 11, it said, Even a child is known by his doings. Even a child is known by his deeds. Paul said, When I was a child, I spoke as a child, I fought as a child, I understood as a child. So there are things that children do that reveals them to us as children. And we are looking at 16 of them. Number one, we said that Children can be identified by the diet, their meal, the food children depend on, gives them away as children. Number two, we said children are more prone to envy and jealousy, like we saw with the first with the Corinthian church. Children are more prone to envy and jealousy. No matter how many things a child has, the moment he sees you have something that looks like it or similar to it or even different, that child begins to cry and pants after it. Number four, we said children demand a lot of attention. Babies demand a lot of attention. They need to be nursed. They need to be fed. They need to, you need to be patient anytime you are dealing with a baby. And so you need to understand that babies need a lot of attention. And then number four, we said baby Christians are easily offended. They take offense easily. They don't understand that offenses are a natural part of our work with God. They don't understand that in church, people can offend them. So they come to church, they get offended, and the only thing they can think about is a way out. But we see that in life, you go, go to different places and you are offended in different places different place by different people. But most of the time, we, we act right or we endure the offense as long as it endures to our benefit in the flesh. But most of the time, it's unfortunate that when people come to church and they get exposed to any little bit of offense and Satan begins to feed on their mind, he begins to interpret it wrongly to them and then they consider quitting. So baby Christians easily get offended. So when you have a baby Christian around you, as a mature believer, you need to know how you handle yourself. 
when they are offended, you need to go down to them, reach out to them, and make sure that you restore them back in time before it gets worse. Number four, five, he said they struggle to forgive. Baby Christians have a difficulty letting go. They easily take offense and they find it difficult to let go. Number six, we say baby Christians are more prone to carnality. Baby Christians, because they are spiritual, they've not developed the strength. They've not, they've not developed their strength in their inner man. Their outer man seems to dominate their inner man. And so they are not able to manifest the fruit of the spirit. We still see elements of the flesh dominating them. The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. These are very common with baby Christians. Uh, the works of the flesh, they seem to be manifesting in their lives. It's not like they are not born again. They are born again. But because this inner man has not been empowered enough to dominate the outer man, they begin to manifest all of these things. Number six, seven, we said that baby Christians lack stability. Just like natural babies. A natural baby who has not learned to walk. First, when he stands on their feet, you see that they will fall. And that's very common with baby Christians. They lack stability. Nothing is stable with them. They are not consistent in their prayer life. They are not consistent in their church attendance. They are not consistent in their giving life. Very, too many things are inconsistent in their lives. And you know, when you meet a mature believer, you also realize that many things are very consistent with them. It takes consistency for anything to produce good results. Number eight, we said that baby Christians lack the, are unable to teach others. They lack the ability to teach others the word of God. First of all, they themselves, they don't know the word enough. That's what the Bible said. They should desire the word to know it. They don't know the word enough, let, let alone be able to teach others. Number nine, we said they are more prone to pride. Baby Christians are more prone to pride. They don't understand that whatever they have in the flesh, whatever they've been able to accomplish, is not by might nor by power, but by the Spirit of God. They don't understand that it's by the grace of God that they are who they are. And so they can easily attribute certain accomplishments in, in their lives to themselves and to the flesh. Easily prone to pride. Today we want to continue from 10. And in 10 we are looking at baby Christians have a loose tongue. They have a loose tongue. They have a loose tongue. You remember when Paul was speaking in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 verse 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 verse 11. He says, when I was a child, the New Living Translation says, when I was a child, I spoke as a child. I thought and I reasoned as a child. I spoke as a child. I spoke as a child. One of the things that really reveals children is when they are speaking. I mean, in the natural, when a child is speaking, but, 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 I mean, there's no adult who talks like that. You begin to hear, that's a baby. That's how children talk. And even when they have learned to talk, they, they just say whatever comes on their mind. Children lack the ability to control their tongue. If you don't take care and you take children to certain places, they may say something that can easily embarrass you. It's very, very common with children because they lack the ability to control their mind. Whatever comes on a child's mind, that child is likely to say it. And when you act like that, the Bible says that is how foolish people act. So when you are a child, you do many foolish things. Children talk by heart. They just say anything that comes on their heart. Look at what the Bible says about the things we say. James chapter 3 verse 2. He said, indeed, we make many mistakes. For if we could control our tongue, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. 
Amazing. He said, if you could control our tongue, we will be perfect. The word perfect is not perfect as in sinless. The word perfect connotes maturity. If we'll be able to control our tongue, then we are mature people. You are offended, but your ability to hold your feelings down and not say something that will go to offend, offend the other person is a mark that you are a mature person. What we say matters a lot. What we say matters a lot. Look at what the Bible says in the book of Ephesians 2 verse 29. It says, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. Ephesians 4.29, New King James Version says, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. But what is good, what is good for necessary edification that it may impart grace to your hearers. The New Living Translation, I like the way he says it, Ephesians 4.29. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say, take note, let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear. When people hear you, when people listen to you talk, do they feel edified? Do they feel condemned? Do they feel rejected? Do they feel abandoned? Do they feel useless? What is the effect of your words on others? You could be a boss. What is the effect of your words on your subordinates? You could be a husband. What is the effect of your words in your wife, on your wife? What are the effects of your words? Do you weigh the effect of your words on the children that God has given you? It's important that we say words of edification, words that build people up, words that are seasoned with salt. It's very critical that we manage our tongue. That's one of the sure marks of mature people. Proverbs says that a fool utters all his mind, but a wise man keeps it in till afterwards. When you are mature, one sure sign is that you are able to hold your tongue. You are able to keep your tongue from speaking the negatives. And you train your tongue to say the things that God expects you to say. For instance, when you are mature spiritually, you don't confess what Satan is doing over your life. You may be sick, but a mature man does not say, I am sick. A mature man says, I am strong. Why? He said, let the weak say, I am strong. Your pocket may be dry. You don't go confessing the situation or what is what you are experiencing. No. The Bible said, we shall have whatsoever we say. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the food thereof. So maturity helps us to know that the things we say must be the things God says. The things we say must be things that we ourselves, when we are told, if somebody else spoke the same words to us, will we be happy with those words? That is critical. Baby Christians also are unable to hold their tongue. You can't trust babies with secrets, you know? You can't trust babies with secrets. You tell them, this is a secret. In fact, the moment you tell them it's a secret, it's already gone. And there are many Christians who cannot hold their tongue. Everything they see, they talk about. They are just super gossips. Gossips in church. They come... The moment they come to church, they are gossiping. If it's not about somebody's car, it's about somebody's hair, it's about somebody's dress. I mean, listen, that's not why we come to church. We come to church to meet God. We come to church to share fellowship with the brethren. We come to church so we can grow, not to gossip about people's car and what they have and what they don't have. It's important. You have to learn to be serious in your life. One of the things lazy people do is to gossip a lot. 
And gossip is very dangerous because gossip damages people's reputation. Gossip destroys relationships. Gossip mars relationships. And gossips in the church can even destroy the church. The Bible says fire goes out without wood and quarrels disappear when gossip goes or gossip stops. Where in the time there's fighting every now and then, it's because somebody else is feeding someone else with a negative information. Baby Christians don't know how to speak the truth in love. They will tell you the truth. Oh, ah, he needs to know. You know, I must tell him. It looks like he's taking things for granted. Yes, you must tell him. But when you are telling him, the Bible said, do so in love. Nobody says don't say the truth. There are some people they say, as for me, I'm brutally honest. I just say it as it is. Yes. It's good to say it as it is, but say it in love. That is a mark of a mature Christian. Number 11, baby Christians are self-seeking. Self-seeking. You know, when you have a baby in the house, they want everything to revolve around them. Everything to revolve around them. The, the, the whole house must come to a standstill once they are not happy. Once they are not happy, nobody else should be happy. Once they've not eaten, nobody else should eat. And that is why you can hear them crying and crying and crying. All because they are self-seeking. They are thinking about themselves. Baby will be crying. He doesn't know that mommy, since mommy woke up and fed her at 2 a.m. And fed her again at 6 a.m. Fed her at maybe, she has not even taken her bath. Had not taken anything at all. Eating anything at all. Babies are self-seeking. If you are a self-seeking Christian, it's one of the sure signs that you're a baby Christian. You come to church, everything should be about you. The music should be about you. When you come and they don't sing a song you don't like, then you get offended. When you come and then you are not offered a seat in a place you don't like, you get offended. Those are marks of babies. It shows that you are a little boy, little girl. Grow up. Grow up. The Bible says in the book of Philippians chapter 2 verse 4, don't look out only for your own interest. I like it. But take an interest in others too. Take an interest. Don't just be selfish. Look at the interests of others. Look out for other people's interests. It's important that you don't just look out only for your own interest, but the interests of other people also. In the church of Corinth, Paul wrote to them. There were those who were like, oh, I don't mind, I can eat whatever is offered unto idols. There were those who were mature and they didn't mind. Concerning food, and this was what Apostle Paul wrote, 1 Corinthians 8, verse 9 to 13. He said, but beware, lest somehow this liberty of yours become a stumbling block to those who are weak. For if anyone sees you who have knowledge, eating in an idol's temple, will, it not, will not the conscience of him who is weak be emboldened to eat those things offered to idols? And because of your knowledge, shall the weak brother shall die, shall the weak brother perish for whom Christ died? Verse 12. But when you sin against the brethren and wound their weak conscience, you sin against Christ. Therefore, if food makes my brother stumble, I will never eat again, lest I make my brother stumble. This is a very powerful scripture. And it just tells us that when we come to church, we must look out for one another's interests. When you do something and what you do can be a stumbling block for others. It's fine. It may not even be a sin. But as long as it's impeding the spiritual growth and development of other people, the Bible said you have a responsibility to stop it. You don't just say, as for me, that's what makes me happy. No. It makes you happy, but it's also affecting another brother for whom Christ died. 
It puts a responsibility on you. Matured Christians don't use their liberty foolishly. The Bible says in the book of Galatians 5 verse 13, he said, Brethren, you have been called unto liberty. Only use not your liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. Through love serve one another. We are called to serve one another by love. We are not just, we are not called to seek our own interests, but the interests of others. Number 12, baby Christians are stingy. They are stingy because, you know, just look at it. You know, babies are always taking. When you are born, you take. <laughs> when you remain a baby, you'll be a taker for life. Children are always taking. From birth, they take. They start taking breast milk. They take everything. When a child is born, everything they take. They take. And they take and actually waste it. You put uh, them uh, pump, uh, diapers on them and then they poo-poo in it and then we throw it away. Everything. Until the child grows, maybe goes to school, uh, ends a job, after so many years before they begin to give back. That is even where they have a good heart toward the parents. But babies are takers. They don't learn to give. And spiritual babies also don't like to give. If you are in church, you are not a consistent tighter. It's a sign that you are a spiritual baby. Because you are a taker. You come to church, you take prayer, you take, you take uh, the word of God, you, you take fellowship, you take many benefits. Your wedding is blessed, prayers are said for you, all kinds of things. You take all of it and you contribute nothing back. That is a sign of a baby. Babies don't like to share. They like to collect and keep. So, a baby can outgrow a toy, but it still wants to romance with an old toy, a toy that is no longer relevant. The Bible says in the book of 1 Timothy, chapter 6, verse 17, he said, Child them that are rich, command those who are rich in this present age, not to be haughty or not to trust in riches, but in the living God who giveth us richly all things to enjoy, that they do good, that they be rich in good works, ready to distribute, willing to communicate, willing to communicate, ready to distribute, verse 18, ready to distribute, willing to share. So you need to learn to share. You need to learn to give. Give to God, give to people. You need to. Don't just be the type who is always out to take. The Bible said it's more blessed to give than to receive. Givers are blessed. I don't know what happened to receivers. But may you be a giver in the name of Jesus. Receive grace to be a giver. Type an amen. Number 13, babies are shallow in understanding, spiritual understanding. Babies are shallow in spiritual understanding. Look at what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 20. Brethren, do not be children in understanding. However, in miles, be babes, but be in understanding, be mature. You have to be matured in your spiritual understanding. You have to be mature. Because if you are not mature, you leave yourself of you, you leave yourself at the mercy of false people who can lead you astray. You need to mature in spiritual understanding. You need to mature in spiritual things. Some of us are matured in business matters. We are matured in a lot of areas. But when it comes to spiritual matters, we, we seem to be lacking in understanding. You don't understand spiritual matters. You don't understand why we tithe. You don't understand why we give. You don't understand why we go to church regularly. 
So anybody at all can just tell you anything. Ah, these guys, every Sunday they go to church. Every Wednesday they go to church. They are just wasting their time. They are lazy. Listen, you better understand why we do it. You need to understand it. The Bible says we go from strength to strength. Every one of them in Zion appear before God. So we don't come to church just because we don't have anything to do. We come to church to reap fuel, to renew our strength, and then to receive empowerment for exploits in life. That's why we come to church, among many things. We come to church to share fellowship with the brethren. We come to church to be groomed and trained so we can build the kingdom of God. We come to church and we come with offerings so we can advance the cause of Christ on the earth. That's why we give, among many things. Through giving, we are able to send the word of God on radio stations to those who are not saved. Through giving, we are able to build the church. Multitudes come, they get saved, established, and they are nurtured unto maturity. Through giving, the work of God is sustained. People who are working in the house of God full time get to be paid and they are able to do the work of God to bless many more people. That's why we give. So, where you don't understand these things from a biblical perspective, anybody at all, all these pastors, they are just collecting money, this offering, what do they use it for? Grow up. Grow up. Babies lack discernment. Babies lack discernment. Look at what the Bible says. They lack discernment. They are not able to decipher between evil and good. The Bible says there is much, Hebrews 5, 11 to 13, there is much more we would like to say about this. But it is difficult to explain, especially since you are spiritually dull and don't seem to understand. Then he says, you've been believers for so long that you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you again the basic things about God's word. You are like babes who need milk and cannot eat solid food. Verse 13. He said, for someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what, what is right. Babies don't know. They lack discernment. They lack discernment. Discernment is the ability to look at something that looks like good, but in actual sense is bad. And there are times where we hear certain statements being made on radio and intellectually they look okay but spiritually they are empty they are spiritually empty and if you are not sharpened in the word of god if your mind is not renewed by the word of god you cannot discern you cannot tell which one the, the fake from the false it's not every pastor that is fake you should be able to tell you should be able to discern it's not every prophet that is a false prophet you should be able to discern it takes discernment and babies lack it and because of that it naturally leads to the next thing, which is they are more prone to deception. Babies are more prone to deception. And it's simply because they cannot discern many things. They can't discern. They can't tell. We are told in Ephesians 4 verse 13 to 15. This will continue until we all come to unity in our faith and knowledge of God's son that we may be, we will be matured in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then, verse 14, we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever, like, so clever, they sound like the truth. I mean, and this is an age where we have clever lies. They've been packaged, they, the, the, the vocabulary and the way the, the diction and the way they are said, everything makes it look like this is good. 
but in natural sense is brass. And it takes spiritual maturity to be able to discern. It takes growth to be able to know that this is fake, this is genuine. This is real, this is artificial. The Bible said that we will not be no longer children. Let's go to verse 15. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ. One of the things that will be predominant in the last days is deception. A lot of people are going to be deceived. The Bible says in the book of 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 3 to 4, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they will have 18 years. This is an, an age where people want to hear something new. What is new? What is new? People are always looking for what is new. They are looking for what is new. And most of the time, they, they are looking for things that tickle their fancy, not things that will edify their spirit, not things that will challenge them to go on a deeper walk with God. They are looking for something that meets their present need. And because of this, a lot of deception will go on. A lot of false prophets will be on. A lot of false Christians will be on. This is the error you need. is not everything that glitters is gold. You need to be, grow up so you can judge things by the word of God. You can tell the difference between right and wrong by the spirit of God. Maybe some pastor has taken advantage of you. Maybe some pastor has duped you before. And because of that, you have all of a sudden become so suspicious of pastors. So when you meet a man who is even genuine, you are still wondering in your mind, you are trying to find something somewhere. That is deception. Grow up so you can be able to tell the difference between the right and the wrong. Let me close with this, which is very important to me. Baby Christians lack the capacity to restore fallen believers. Baby Christians lack the capacity. This is one area where a lot of spiritual maturity is seen. The spiritual maturity in a person is seen anytime somebody falls into temptation, falls into sin around you. How you behave, what you say, how you relate with the person. Sometimes while the person in the, is in the temptation and much more after the person has overcome the temptation, it tells a lot about your level of spiritual maturity. And a whole denominations, in fact, whole denominations are actually uh, having problems when it comes to matters of sin in the church. Look at what the Bible says. There are people who think that in the church there should be no sin. People should not sin at all. There are people who think that when people sin in the church, they need to be punished. There are churches that hold a strong doctrine that when somebody sins in the church, commits fornication, get pregnant out of wedlock or something, they should be sacked from the church. They should be made to sit at a certain place in the church. Are these things biblical? Are these things biblical? Where some of them will quote, Apostle Paul said that this man throw him out of the church. If you look at the context, that context was different. This was a man who was not ready to give up sin. He wanted to live a life of sin and was bringing the name of Christ into this repute. That was quite a different case. But I mean, a brother in the Lord who happens to fall into temptation, a sister in the Lord falls into temptation. Whichever way, there is a biblical way we ought to deal with them. And the Bible says, when that time comes, usually mature people must handle them. Look at what the Bible says in the book of Galatians, chapter 6, verse 1 to 3. I read from the Amplified, uh, uh, the message version. Live creatively, friends. If someone falls into sin, 
forgivingly restore him. Take note of the word restore. Restore him. When somebody falls into temptation, our responsibility is to restore him. He said, forgivingly restore him. Saving your critical comments for yourself. You might be needing forgiveness before the day, the day is out. Now go to verse 2. Stoop down, reach out to those who are oppressed, share their burdens, and so complete Christ's law. Now let's look at the Amplified Version because the Amplified Version makes it very clear. It says, brethren, if any person is overtaken, now take note, is the context of brethren. So he's saying in the text, if somebody falls into sin, if somebody falls into temptation, those of you who are spiritual, he says, if any person is overtaken in misconduct or sin of any sort, you who are spiritual, you who are spiritual, don't forget, spirituality is the ultimate we want to get to, where you become a spiritual man, where you become a mature man. The Bible said those who are spiritual, look at what we are told, those who are spiritual, responsive and controlled by the spirit, should set him right and restore and reinstate him without any sense of superiority or with, and with all gentleness keeping an attentive eye on yourself unless you should also be tempted then verse 2 bear endure carry one another's burdens and troublesome moral faults and in this way fulfill and observe perfectly the law of Christ and complete what is lacking in your obedience The golden rule, which is actually the scriptural rule or the royal law, says that whatever you would that men would do unto you, do it unto them. It's amazing. The more I walk with God and I experience different kinds of Christians, the more I find quite amazing how everybody who has done something despicable, something dishonorable, wants to be on it. But when another person does the same thing, we feel that we have a right to let them feel dishonored. We feel we have a right to condemn them. We feel we have a right to criticize them. We feel we have a right to just destroy them. Listen, God never gave us a ministry of condemnation. When Jesus came, you can go through the gospel. You realize that he condemned not a single soul. Every person, they caught the woman in adultery, brought, cast him before him. He said, what do you say? He said, neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. We can work with people, help people to restore their relationship with God without condemning them. That is our business. That is our responsibility. We need to learn to do that as a church. When somebody falls into sin of any kind and you know about it, let the leadership of the church know. And when they get to know, allow them to use scriptural process to restore the person. Not look for ways to sack people. Many times, a lot of people who fell into sin have ended up sliding and leaving church because at the time when they needed the church most, we were not available. Leadership was not available. Congregation was not understanding enough. And then we end up losing so many people. My concern has always been, if we are busy going out, looking for people who are sinless already, they've not given their life to Christ to come to faith in Christ. Why shouldn't we much more be more conscious at developing, nurturing, and restoring those who are in our fold and may have fallen, and may have fallen into temptation. And in any case, while you begin to feel that you are superior, the Bible says, let him that thinketh he stand, take heed lest he falls. All of us are gullible. 
when you are a spiritual man, that's how you see yourself. You don't see yourself as above those who are falling. You see yourself as a possible candidate or a next target for a satanic attack. Why? Because you understand an attack on one is an attack on all. We are members of one body. That's why you and I have a responsibility to grow in our work with God. And in growing, one of the things that mature believers and Christians do, which is very different from spiritual babies, is that they are conscious of restoring people when they fall. They are more conscious. They don't spread news on Facebook. Oh, the brother in the choir, he's done this. The sister in the ushering department, she's done this. And then you go about discussing it in your office. That's wrong. That's unchristian. That is unbiblical. That's a, that is babyish. May the Lord give you understanding. I pray that God will keep you. I pray that the Lord will preserve you. I pray that you will grow up to become all that God will help you become. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord guide you and be gracious to you. You are blessed. Let's pray. Maybe you are tuned into the broadcast. You are not born again. You want to say, Pastor, I want to give my heart to the Lord. You want to be born again. Why don't you bow down your heads and pray this simple prayer of faith with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I thank you today for the privilege of hearing your word. I admit I'm a sinner and I call upon you. Come into my life. Forgive me my sin. Be my Lord and my Savior. With my heart I believe and with my mouth I confess that you are Lord. Thank you for making me a brand new man in Jesus' precious name. If you pray that prayer in faith, I want you to know without a shadow of doubt, you are saved, you are sanctified, you are bound for heaven. We want to help you to know how to grow in your work with God. Send us a mail, send us a, a message so we can reach out to you and help you in your spiritual development. The Lord bless you as you make a commitment to connect with us. Pastor Afuakwa has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. To get a copy of this message and other messages, as well as books by Pastor Afuakwa, please call 0540-122-670 or email us at faithhousechapel at yahoo.com. Get interactive with Pastor Afuakwa on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also visit our website, www.faithhousechapel.com, for any other information. Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our celebration services. 7 a.m. first service, 8.30 a.m. second service, and 10 a.m. our third service. And on Wednesdays for our discovery service at 6 p.m. at our church auditorium on the top floor of Nanama Ejekumar Plaza opposite the Unity Oil Station Santa's Runabout, Kumasi. God richly bless you.